from Magpie 24 7. It's time for the NE1 for Bacon Podcast with your hosts, Kyle Thompson and Paul Rudder. By fans, for fans. How's the bacon, did you say? It's happening, everyone. It's Kyle from no, the NE1 for Bacon Podcast. I still haven't got that right. <laughs> hey, <laughs> but well, you, you say that, I'll stop you there straight away. The thing is, if this inept bloody piss flap who's in charge of uh, team affairs doesn't sort his shit out, we'll probably have to rename it again shortly. So, yeah, <laughs> have that as a standby backup. <laughs> Anyone for Bacon Podcast. Uh, I, 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 need to get, I need to get used to it before the higher amount. But then again, that's probably... <laughs> If you like, obviously, we're at the top of the podcast. We usually summarize everything, then go into a bit more detail. But that's literally what this podcast is going to be. Oh yes. Um, we're back. We're back on a. Ne- we're back onto a negative podcast. Sadly, as Newcastle got absolutely obliterated off Southampton yesterday. Obviously, Steve Bruce last season was, oh, we need to win the Southampton Cup, and such a great team as Southampton. Well, we didn't get anywhere near Southampton yesterday, and we made Southampton look as good as Bruce says. The, uh, says they were last season, how good they were. But from top to bottom, mate, this was just a proper utter shower of shit. Um, we didn't get going. First four minutes, five minutes into the game, it just it just sums up Newcastle straight away. Almiron was just so on Almiron, like pissing about in his own half, in his own box. Loses the ball. Two passes, um, Che Adams, 1-0, easy does it. And fans before the game were saying, oh, we might be able to pick something up here because they don't have Danny Ings. I tell you what, the lucky Danny Ings didn't play because he'd be in double figures for the Golden Boot this season if uh, if he was. Because, mate, we were... That first goal, man, was, uh, was bloody terrible. I mean, it's not just Almiron. The defence just didn't look ready. Uh, Lascelles gave Che Adams that easy... Easy half a yard to just smack it in the top corner. <laughs> it was just all too easy, mate. All too easy. It was just like come one, come all. It was a free for all at, at, at the beginning. It was like a battle royal. Just literally fill your boots, lads. Fill your fucking boots. I mean, to be fair, I, I'm not going to stick it all on on um, on Miggy. I don't want Miggy Almeida on that far deep. I don't. I don't want to see him with his back toward the. <laughs> Just hemmed in like that at the at the back. This is typical of the man who sets the the team up. Yes, he should have got the ball and he should have either laid it back first time. He tried a little bit. I don't know. A Cruyff turn. Tried to be clever. Um, you know, I I just don't know. The tactics were all wrong. We tried to press them uh, against a very good pressing Southampton side, and it just did not work. He should have got the ball and he should have hoofed it into row Z, should have hoofed it forward, got rid, cleared your lines because the first thing you do when you go away from home against a dangerous piece of opposition is you start the game as you mean to go and you don't give anything stupid and silly and pathetic away. And I agree with Carl Darlow if you heard him, if you listened to the uh, to the, the no noise um, version of the match last night and he's sitting there and he's shouting at them, wake the fuck up! What are you doing? Yeah. And I mean, I, I had to laugh before the game, mate. Keith Downey come out and he was on about, oh, uh, you know, like saying that they were whinging about having to stay down in the area overnight. And I started on them before the match because I was like, if that's the only thing that the players have got to whinge about, then, you know, they will need to give the head a shake. For them. 
Yeah, they yeah. had dust blink for them. Um, and it just looked as if they were just in that little cosy rut and uh, like thinking about what was going to happen after the match and their travel arrangements and being a little bit pampered prima donnas because we started, I mean, we went throughout the game, to be fair, but we certainly started with the wrong mental attitude and approach. There's no fire, there's no guts, there's no determination, there's no plan, and it started from that. And as soon as I heard Carl Darlow utter those words, I was like, bravo, well fucking done. Somebody is saying the blatant obvious that needs to be said. Wake the fuck up. But we never did. But yeah, Miggy should have blasted that maid into Rose Z or hoofed it forward, not trying to be fancy in the wrong areas of the pitch. But we did that all bloody night as well. We, we did, mate. I mean, I tweeted during the game um, an Albert Einstein quote, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. And this was Newcastle all game. Um, the amount of times I was shouting wake up at the telly and stuff and and, and that uh, during the match because we're just shocking all game. Ninety yeah. minutes, we just never got going. The the thing is, we, I know it's said and it's thrown about every time we lose, but it's the it's one of the worst performances I've seen Newcastle play. What it's the I've manner done. of the defeat, mate. Exactly. It's it, the manner. It's not the defeat. We can take defeat. We're Newcastle fans, but we're absolutely bloody used to it. It is the manner of the defeat and everything yeah. else that goes that goes around it. And it is the 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 bleating words of Steve McLaren 2.0 that comes out after the match with the same tired excuses and bullshit, expecting us to lap, lap it up. And we said off camera that... Um, goodness me, the first time fans are allowed back into a stadium, whether it's home or away, I'm pulling up with a van full of cabbages because I'll make a bomb for the food bank, quit a piece, get them out, because I'm telling you, if there were fans in that away in last night, they'd have been going apeshit. And uh, at least we've got that one out of the road, that long journey down there. But that was a cowardly, gutless performance. It was pathetic from start to thingish from 1 to 11. The only player who come out of it with any sort of um, respectability uh, would be Carl Darlow. But again, again we concede uh, goals. And I think it, that, that's we're on, on our worst run, um, I think, since 2011 with clean sheets. We've not kept a clean sheet in so long. This is our worst run. Uh, and I, I, I don't, I'm not criticising Carl Darlow. I'm criticising the entire, the entire team because he's faced the most shots in the entire uh, you know, Premier League this season, way more than anybody else. So I'm I'm expecting us to concede goals, but it was a it was a good finish. But but like you said, uh, the defence, the three cent the three centre backs, and you're conceding a stupid goal like that, just standing there with the thumbs up the asses after Miggy um, dillied and dallied about yeah. and was was far too deep. It was just honestly, it was just like. It was absolutely terrible. It was driving people to drink. Bad enough with this bloody pandemic without Newcastle playing such a turgid, dog-shit style of uh, football. I totally agree, mate. I mean, every week, every time we get beat, it's usually usually we look back and we'll say, what was the plan? Yeah. What was, like, people are talking about plan B, C, D and E. What was plan A? What what was the plan? Because when we're defending, we'll, it was either we're pushing too much and we're leaving gaps in behind 
or we weren't pushing enough and we were just sitting back and letting them play pretty patterns around with. There was no consistency with it, Paul. It's really annoying because we don't That's look the biggest we don't problem. Look, we don't look structured in anything we do. It's either three people, four people run forward and try and get the ball, or we, or we just sit and let them play through with, with gaps in the midfield. There's no consistency. It bewilders me what, what goes on in training. What what goes on? You must just tell them to do shuttle runs, mate, or play five a side, because they're not learning anything. Would the that the performance just saves them out, mate. It just sends them out. There's no structure. There's no nothing. He said before in articles that I've read, he doesn't believe in tactics. He doesn't believe in formations. He came out after the match and they were talking about that and he was just, ah, well, it's against Southampton. Uh, just holding your hands up. And it's like, I am tired of this Worthington's original cabbage-headed bastard being in charge of the football club and coming out with these excuses. I want to see. Like you said, there's no plan A, there's no plan B, there's no plan C, there's no plan full stop, there's no tactics, there's no instructions. He says that we're working two days on the pitch about how to uh, deal with their pressing style. Yeah. Bullshit. Absolute bullshit. You must have had spent two days with your thumbs up your asses in kebabs because they look literally, um, they look to step behind Southampton all of the way. They look like they've been out on the lash. They couldn't give a shit. Um, and all you hear from Steve Bruce at, at, at the side, and this is this is the only plan. Go on, Alan. Go on, Alan. Alan, <laughs> Alan, go on. It's like that Alan Partridge scene where he's shouting, no, across Alan. the car park, famous one. Yeah, and that that is it. That is Steve Bruce. That's the entire entire plan. And you've got uh, that baldy-headed uh, bastard up in the stands, Lee Charlie, sitting there clapping like a seal, lapping it up, getting aroused by the situation because he's the only one who thinks having Steve Bruce in charge and, and, and this this sea of liquid diarrhoea shit that we've been forced to, to put up with, it's good. 30% position, mate, is not good. Two shots on target, and one of them is Sean Longstaff back pass, is not good enough for 90 minutes. It's shit. The football is shit. Even when we win, the football is shit. And all these people have come out with their wank socks after we beat Everton. Yes. Lucky. Look. Look that all, that all the injured players. Yeah. And Steve Bruce can say that he's not a lucky manager all he wants, but he is a lucky manager. He rides by the seat of his pants. And I wish, I pray, that we hadn't given him money to Sheffield Wednesday to take him in the first place. Useless bastard. Well, he was a cheap option, mate. Um, we talk about Rafa Benitez and that all once, but... To replace Benitez, we needed someone who could take what he what he built forward, and Bruce has just either copied him or took him backwards. In fact, there's a, there's an element of both to that. I mean, the plan, mm. what seemed to be the plan, he's John Carver-esque. Yeah, I mean, it, it, I think the plan was boot the ball up to Maximin and Wilson, who were up front. Maximin doesn't work in the middle. It hasn't worked for three weeks. It's so much so people that are supporting Bruce are actually. Getting on the back of Maximin, it's like he's not—he's not a centre forward. It's like it's ridiculous. Why is he? What? Why is he playing Alan St. Maximin up front and booting the ball up to him when he's playing up against um, Vestergaard, who's six foot four, and uh, Benarak, who's six foot two? It's bizarre, mate. Like, wh what, what, why would you boot the ball? Stupid. And Wilson, Wilson had nine touches of the flipping ball in the first half. Nine. Like, he might not have been sat on the bench, but not them on the touches we want them to have in a half. 
Like, I feel mm. so sorry for him because that's two or three games now where he's been left with less than scraps, which what just shows we last season that was more than mm. more than Jolinton was the problem. It's the formation. It's we sit too too deep. There's no there's no. It's the man in the manager's seat, mate. That's the that that is the problem. You wouldn't go to a fish and ask it to climb a tree. So why are you asking? Alan's the maximum to play up top when he's not he's not a bloody striker. Everyone in the world, even Mrs. Bruce, when he gets home at the night, will say, What are you doing playing him up top? And why aren't you playing Isaac Hayden? Is he nicking your chips or something like that? Because it's screaming out and obvious as the day is long. Play the players in the correct positions. Have a little bit of the ball. Get the team a little bit close to each other. Because the last two podcasts, mate, that we've done, I've used the analogy of you've got Callum Wilson in the penalty spot and you've got Alan St. Maximum at times, but the rest of the team at times on the south side of the time tunnel. So what much good is that when you've got the majority of your team south side of the time tunnel and Callum Wilson stood up there? The fact he's got six goals is a miracle, an absolute bloody Miracle, yes. and we'll get onto Wilson uh, later because I'm I'm a bit I'm a bit stotting about that, but um, the man is is inept. He is not qualified to manage this club. The only person who's ever thought that he's good enough to be our manager is Lee Charney, and, and I would not only I would not only put Steve Bruce's position under serious threat, but I'd also put that baldy headed useless bastard who pretends to be a Newcastle fan in major major risk. Because this man goes from one calamity to the next, just like Steve Bruce does. And we're walking into a Steve McLaren 2.0 situation. We are walking blindly down an alley we don't want to go into. We're walking into a relegation. We're a club that's lurching between relegation and a takeover. And we are nothing. We cannot play football. I've seen better performances on, 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 a, on a Sunday uh, league scale. It was, I, I mean... Like that bad. If you haven't watched the match, don't waste your time because you want to scratch your eyes out. Pretty much, it is. I mean, I was going to say that later on the podcast where I think Bruce really epitomises what the Ashley regime is. Just making up the numbers. If we're better than three other teams in the division, we'll stay up. And there's no ambition to go forward. His type of football's clueless, inept. Um, You you look at it is. It's cheap. It's it's the it's the easy option, and that's what we've got with Bruce. And it's it's so depressing because I look at I look at that team that we've got, Paul, and I think a good modern manager like a Graham Potter or a Ralph Hassan who who manages the team that hammered were last night, a manager like them, one of them two, could really take this team forward because you've got exciting wingers like Fraser, of Maxim, yeah. a good striker in Wilson. A good work, well, a hard work in midfield. It's not the best in quality, but like Isaac Hayden, um, Hendrick. Who you if, who stays on the bench? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, in I the mean, reserves, but there's hard yeah. work in midfield, is it? And then a good defensive call that's still there from from when Rafa Benitez was here. And it's like there's a good team there. And for me, I think Bruce is underperforming with this team majorly uh, because if you look at the games where we picked up points in. Fair enough, we played well against Everton, played well against West Ham. Burnley were shocking when we beat did, them. Did we, we, did we play well free. against Everton, mate? Did, did, did we? In the first half, no, in the second half we played okay, but the first half... Shite. Okay, yeah, um, and that, that's it. Good half this season. Hmm? 
second half against one arm and second half against yeah. there. It is not through playing good football. It is it is through luck. And basically, I read something last night and somebody said, our game plan seems to be to shut Chubb up for 88 minutes and then hope we get a free kick. Hope we get a penalty. Hope well, VAR comes to our rescue. And it has, it has worked. But that comes, again, it comes down to uh, to luck. And all those people who sit there and continue to defend Bruce, you should hang your heads in shame. This is not a reaction to one defeat. It's not a reaction to two defeats, three defeats or whatever. It is a reaction of the football that I have seen us play now all of last season and all of this season. Everton away last year, uh, Chelsea at home, Watford at home. I could go on and on and on and on. We get more luck than we deserve and that luck will run out. And when it runs out, we haven't got an absolute Scooby-Doo what to do at all in order to get stuff. And, and, and it's like, I don't just watch Newcastle so, so we'll win a point and everything else is forgiven. No, not, it, it doesn't work like that. Why are we so inept of keeping possession? This you can, you can get little runs or games where you haven't got much possession and yet you win. But we do it all the time. Anytime you watch a Newcastle and they're thinking, oh, this is going to be absolutely painful, but I just hope we come out with a, with a point or three points because then that somehow justifies it and makes you feel better. The, you can look at the highlights and, 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 and think, oh, great, we've got something. But we don't, we don't deserve it, mate. We deserve nothing. We deserve to be bottom of the league. If you look at every stats on shots crea- uh, chances created, shots on target, we're useless. And then you look at the other end and the shots uh, against us, we're, we're the top. And, and for a teammate who's managed by a so-called ex-legend defender, and we've got good defensive players in, and we should be able to have a good shape. We're playing free at the back, and yet we're still literally getting peppered left, right, and centre. And no wonder Carl Darlow looks so good, because he has so much chances to be able to show how fucking great he is. The sign of a good goalkeeper, I'll tell you what is the sign of a good goalkeeper. The 90th minute, Joe Linton, header, bang, uh, Mc- uh, McCarthy, is it? Yeah. He makes a great save from that header. That is a good goalkeeper. Switched on for the 90 minutes and he keeps a clean sheet. That is a sign of a great goalkeeper. At the end of the day, our goalkeeper, our goalkeeper is getting worked too much. Way, yeah. way, way too much. And and with a defensive shape like what we've got, a defensive manager like we've got, we should be able to snuff out games and not gift wrap. And we gift wrap both of them goals last night to Southampton. I'm, okay. I'm no problem. Southampton deserved to win. It should have been a cricket score. I still think they should have had a penalty maybe as well in the game. It should have been 5 or 6 nil to um, Southampton very, very easily. Uh, but again, Steve Bruce is lucky. He's clueless and he's lucky. He's, he's, you'd go to a care home and you'd see a little different man walking about and you'd be like, oh, you'd feel sorry for him or you'd go and talk to him about the old days and stuff like that. And that's how I feel about Steve Bruce. He's a different old idiot who needs to be put to, I don't know, give him, like what Alan Pardew's doing, give him a, a commentary job, give him a, a job in the media, give him a column in a newspaper, you can talk about the happy days when he was playing for Manchester United and probably a lot happier. It just, just boils my piss having to watch this turgid brand of 30% maximum possession and one or two shots made. But it, it's just... I'm. I'm not. I will not make excuses up for him. 
you can say he's a nice bloke all you want, but he's a nice bloke who is. Yeah, um, I totally agree, mate. I mean, you touched on luck before, and um, for me, there's been a couple of times this season where we have where the luck has run out. Brighton and Southampton. You take the luck. You take the dodgy penalties. You take the dodgy free kicks. You take the sitting back and uh, amazing Carl Dolo performances, amazing Dubravka performances prior to that. Um, you take all that away, and that's that's Newcastle United without all without the either the the great goalkeeper or or, or the luck. You get a team that's outplayed one shot, two shots on target. If you're lucky, um, and 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 fortunate to only get beat by two, Paul. I mean. Hundred million, mate. A hundred exactly. million pound on eight players, and you're serving that shit up on a silver platter. Nah. I mean, I don't mind defensive football. I don't. I've said this in the past, and it, as long as there's a plan, as long as there's a progression to try and win the game. Um, obviously, I mean, I know the comparisons will be to Rafa because he was the only other manager that really played defensive football, um, and played defensive football quite well. So he's the benchmark. He's the one you compare to. And um, for me, I mean, at least on, there was a couple of instances under Rafa where obviously we should have went forward and tried to win the game. But you could never say about Rafa's teams defensively. There's too many go- there's too many shots going at our goal. Uh, we keep us getting peppered every week. Uh, we look undisciplined. We look uh, we don't look tidy defensively. We don't look compact. We don't look underprepared. You never said that about Rafa. But a lot yep. of people are saying it about Steve Bruce with his defensive defensive formation. Yeah, I get entertainment and that. But if you want to play defensive football, fair enough. I'll buy into your vision. But Steve Bruce is saying after he's been here eighteen months now, work in progress, and that's that that's the work in progress last night. I hate that I mean, it, it, Yeah, I, I do too. Because there's no work in progress. There's no work. Anything Bruce has ever, uh, ever tried to do has been successful. It's a copy of what Rafa Benitez did at the club. And even then, yep. he's ex- ex- executing Rafa's tactics <laughs> very poorly. And it's showing when we're getting pelted off Wolves and nicking a point. We're getting pelted off Tottenham and nicking a point just out of the, out of the skin of his teeth. Uh, last it's like night, all of the twigs, buried, isn't it? Right, getting buried. It's like there's no... There's just no plan. It's just high ten men in front of the ball. Put Wilson and um, Maxman up top. See what they can win in the air. See what they can feed off scrap wise. And if we nick a free kick, nick a free kick or a corner to nick a point, fantastic. That that's that's the game plan. Um, there's no real, in, there's no real like thinking of anything that's yeah. going on. And there's no him. accountability at the club, mate. There's no accountability. At the end of the day, um. <laughs> If you're given a hundred million pound and right, take it away. Bearing in mind what Rafa was given, right? And Rafa had his faults, don't get me wrong, but goodness me, you always knew that the players had been drilled and been prepared as much as possible before they crossed that white line. And what I've seen time and time again, even when we win, even when we draw, that they, they just they just do not look prepared. They look clueless. They look as if they've never even scouted the opposition. And it's literally like just it's it's like pissing against the wind. Do you know what I mean? It's just awful to watch. I can buy into defensive football. I, I enjoy watching different styles of football. But Steve Bruce comes out and tries to make out as if he's going to be getting us playing in the Arsene Wenger at the at the height of Arsenal's um, you know free flowing football and all that sort of thing. 
it, it's not. It's embarrassing. We get embarrassed all the time against every other team that we play. Even the lower league sides are able to play some good football against us because we are clueless. And and you you look at the 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 starting uh, lineup and you look at Isaac Hayden sat on the bench when we're struggling. I mean, you answered me, me this one, Carl, right? Which which is the greater number? The amount of times that Jeff Endrick touches his hair during a game or touches of the ball. What what's the highest number? I mean, I've I've seen I've seen Twitter, mate, and I've seen the amount of people that are scapegoating into Jeff Hendrick. He did play terrible. He really did. He He's not the only one. I don't think, yeah, he wasn't. No, he wasn't the only yeah. one. I don't want to scapegoat him, but he hasn't played well since West Ham. Yeah, Jacob Murphy he, as well. He didn't have his best game. Oh, Jacob Murphy really pissed me off last night, yeah. Paul. Um, he was constantly getting drawn yeah. in by Jeanette Bro and going, constantly getting megged off him. He was trying to beat too many players all the time when the pass was there. Um, maybe trying to too hard to make something happen, and I appreciate that, but you've got to learn to just pass it off, mate. Um, it's just so disappointing. Yeah, but, but so again, many single performances that were yeah, again, you've you got players playing out of position, mate. I mean, what 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 do we expect? I've said before about that analogy of asking a fish to go and climb up a tree. You've got to play it to the strings, and if you're gonna if you're gonna start Murphy there, then you've got to be confident that we're gonna have some of the ball. So he can use his one major strength, which is his pace and his forward running. He's not going to be a defensive fullback. You're looking at a game like that where you know you're going to be against it. You know that they're going to press high up. And you're going to put in your best defensive right-sided defender on that side. It's just common, it is common sense all over the pitch. But yeah, to, to, he wasn't the only bad player. Jeff Hendricks is a perfect example of what's wrong. You know, he, he puts them in regardless. But there were umpteen players who didn't play well last night. Um, the defence didn't play great. The, the centre-backs didn't play great. They were all over at times. But they have to put last-ditch tackles in. Jamal Lewis wasn't fantastic. Uh, Sean Jerkin Murphy. Sean was absolutely shocking. But he's a number 10, mate. And you're asking him to play in central midfield as a deep-lying player. And you've got Isaac Hazen. And you've got Matty Longstaff, who could start there as a viable alternative. But... Um, you know, these are places... The most have nicked his chips because looking at it, um, I know Matty's had an injury. I know that uh, Isaac had an injury as well. But if they're fit enough for the bench... Yeah. So, I don't know. We need somebody who's... The midfield is a problem. It is, um, We've said this on how many podcasts. The midfield, the central midfield is a massive, massive area that needs addressing desperately at Newcastle. Shelby's not the answer. So anybody who's thinking John Joe, he plays well once every 10 games with his Hollywood balls and this, that and the other. And he scores goals like against Sheffield United away last season that nobody else could. But, goodness me, he's not the answer. He's, he's not cut the legs. He's not mobile enough. He won't put his foot in. Uh, that It even makes it more ridiculous how you see your Henri Sauvé, he's sat at home right? We, again, doing that. How shit must he be? Because we've got nothing in the middle of the park. So you must be well shit if you're not even registered, right? So for all of them, Henry Savvy, he did great once at West Ham. Yes, he also conceded a bloody goal as well as scoring a spectacular free kick. But at the end of the day, if Isaac Hayden is your only ball-winning midfielder, you stick him in. And if Matty Longstaff sat next to him, again, is your only alternative. And I, I really like Matty Longstaff. I think he could have a great future at Newcastle, but we won't know, you know, unless we actually try and play him. 
unless we put him in there. So I think last night called for tough tackling. And you know I like that type of player, that David Batty-esque. I'm a yeah. big mark for David Batty. Um, but I like a player who can stick a challenge in. And if it's, if it's going against you, somebody who's not scared to get a little bit physical and put, give you a little bit of presence and get your foothold into the match. The centre of our midfield is, at the moment, with the likes of Jeff Hendrick chucked in there and Sean Longstaff playing in a, in a strange position. Um, not strange, but he's a, number, he's a number 10. He's not a central midfielder. He's fantastic further forward, but I'm sorry, I know it's the all any 29 thing, but since yeah. he had that injury at West Ham, he's had way more bad games than good games. Yeah, of course. So again, play him in his preferred position, which is the number 10, which is where you're trying to persevere with ASM, or you don't you don't play him. But we don't have that protection in the middle of the park or somebody who can get on the ball and just calm things down and wait until Jacob Murphy's further up, Lewis's further up, and get us further up the bloody pitch. Sick of sitting in it. It's like watching the World War Two when they're digging the trenches in and we just, you know, for 90 minutes it's going to be attack v defence. And uh, yeah, does it does your head in? If I had hair, I'd pull it out. <laughs> I mean, I'm at that stage, mate. I'll not lie, but um, you'll get there. He's got a <laughs> he's got a cracking cross on him because of two chances that Newcastle did have last night. Later on, through Joel and and uh, the Sean Longstaff ah, early were both from uh, Lewis crosses and they were both on point, mate. Really mm. good crosses. But you've got to get him further forward, mate. You have. He's too deep to, to, to cause any problems. He's great on the overlap, but he never really gets that chance to shine, mate. And it's, it's a real shame because there is a good player there. It's just, oh, I think yeah. he's under the wrong coach, like many of the players. But Klopp talk- wanted him. Yeah, <laughs> Liverpool wanted him. I can see why. Definitely. No, I, can. Yeah. I can see why. Uh, going mm. forward, it's fantastic, but defensively he just needs that bit that bit coaching like Andrew Robertson did when he first walked into the door ironically after being managed by Steve Bruce but like in look at Andrew Robertson under a good coach he's one of the best left backs in the world and Jamal Lewis with a, a bit of time and a, a little bit of coaching under a decent manager I think could well make the top end of England English fullbacks obviously Ben Chilwell's the benchmark or Luke Shaw at this point but Jamal Lewis could get there with a good coach, but under Bruce he'll just stagnate because he has to play so defensive. It's unreal, and he's not he's not um, showing his strengths, which is getting forward, getting mm-hmm. the ball into the box. He can clearly cross a ball. I mean, trust us that with some of the defenders I've seen in the past trying to cross: Yedlin, David Santon, Stephen Carr, Jeremiah, all these players at right back and left back who couldn't cross for shit. And I see Jamal Lewis. I can I can tell you, he can definitely cross a ball. Um, but but who, who, who does he make better? Who who does Bruce make better in that team? You know, if, if you name players that have come in that have looked better, you, you're scraping about. You might think Kieran Clark. You might have an argument for Kieran Clark, who's looked better in when he's been fit. But Darlow, he doesn't mate. make players better. That that's the only one, Darlow, because Darlow's got more chances to perform, like you said before. But I we'll still think he's. Yeah, but like even if you con- compare Darlow to the chat with the championship season, wasn't it when he was in? Yeah, and again, he was a good shot stopper then. I think he is a good shot stopper. I don't think yeah. he's as good as a goalkeeper as Dubravka. I put Dubravka pretty much straight in when he's fit. I would. I'd open my hands up. I know everybody with the the fan club for Darlow at the moment, but I would put Dubravka back in because I think he's an all round better keeper. Keepers totally should good. be good shot stoppers. 
that's their primary uh, function. And boy, does he get time to practice it at Newcastle because we have more chances <laughs> yes, like. than than out. Honestly, it's it's like it's like the the Alamo. It's, it's like a scene out of like a, a war scene or something like that. The amount of shots that are taken. Saving Private Ryan every week. Yeah, Artillery every, every week. Yeah. And and, he, and and he's the only one who's standing up and saying, "Will you please wake the fuck up?" And, and I was like, "Yeah, th- totally." If I could have got under the pitch, I'd have shook his hand. I said, well, thank you very much for just saying what everybody else is, is thinking. And it's a shame it didn't come from that grey-haired fucking man-boob bastard at the side of the fucking pitch. That's where it should have been coming from, or one of these Steve Castle coaches. Because that's the worst thing, mate. There's no fight. There's no fire. He's supposed to be a Geordie. Put me in charge of that team. Give me the test every week. I'll stand there for now. And I'll tell you something. They'd have been waiting. I'd have been ready at half time because there would have been literally laces flying. Uh, it was a shade. Well, but then again, Paul, I, I expect you to set up the team a little bit better and have have them better trained. But um, my little girl could. Was... My little my, my little girls could set that team up better than what Steve Bruce could. I'm telling you now. They'd get the crayons out. They'd draw the formation up. It would be a damn sight more professional. Then uh, yeah, the, the, then that useless man and his mate upstairs, Lee Charnley, piss lab. <laughs> but second half, mate. I mean, we didn't even cause any. Barring that Jolinton header when the game was already done. I mean, this the Good second header. goal. Um, Sean Longstaff. I mean, I, I defend him where I can, but he kicked the ground and he lose the ball and um, the pick up the ball near to the box. And in the score, yeah. easy 2 0. Once it's 2 0, mate, it's game set and match. Yeah. Um, we just made them look, we made Southampton look like a Bayern Munich or a, um, or a Liverpool, and there was no real fight from Newcastle going forward. I felt so sorry for Callum Wilson, I felt so sorry for Alison Maximin because it was so isolated, they, they just couldn't cause any any problems. And I think, I think Paul, I'd, I'd, love, I'd love to see them coached by it. A decent manager. I I just want us to play some some football, and even if you're losing, you've got hope with the, with the attacking players that we've got. If you're losing one nil in a game, you should be sitting there thinking we can get back into this. But you look at him and his man boobs on the side of the pitch, right? And you're like, we don't stand a chance. As soon as you go one nil down, you're like, chalk shit. Yeah, I mean, I, I I said to you towards the end of the match. I'm sitting there going. I'm look. I'm I'm sitting there. And I thought, oh, I'm just going to put it onto my phone and I'm going to go in. Obviously, we're just moving houses. I'm sitting there. I'm going to go and clean cupboards out because that is how exciting that that game was last night. That was one of the worst performances I've seen in a long time. It probably rakes up there with the likes of Bournemouth at home when Steve, uh, uh, yeah, Steve McLaren ended up getting his P45 finally. It, um, it was pathetic. It was absolutely pathetic, mate. It was. I mean, you look at the you look at the Premier League table and we'll sit eleventh. I mean, I'm, I'm not quite sure how we'll sit eleventh, but Newcastle sit eleventh in the Premier League. And I suppose if you're one of these pundits to play devil's advocate, they probably see eleventh and they think why why they're complaining. They've beat Everton. They've picked up a point off Tottenham. Wolves away from home. Um, what what's all the fuss about? But it's clear that a lot of these pundits. I mean. Mark Lawrenson on um, Football Focus earlier on 
today because we're obviously record this a day later when the kickoffs are so late. He says Newcastle fans are expecting Champions League football and, and all this. And then How we are? Uh, and, and then Tim Sherwood two weeks ago saying we're expecting top six. Like I've never known such out of touch people trying to comment on such such hmm? such things. We don't expect such clueless pricks. It, it is. We don't expect Champions League football. We just expect... you dream about it, mate. You dream exactly. about you dream it's, about it, it. it. It's a dream. It's a dream of Champions League, of course. You'd like to see that as a Newcastle fan. It'd be great, but we don't expect that, and it's just nope. it's just this stupid um, perception the media have of us for some reason that we expect this, we expect that. We're ungrateful, mm. Jordy. This we're, it's like we just want a team that look like it's got a bit of hope, a bit of ambition. It looks like it knows what it's doing, and we don't have a manager that's completely and utterly shit. That's what we want. We don't want to. We don't want to just be what a team that's making the numbers up. We don't want to be happy with that. I mean, we'll be Everton last week and. Um, Robbie Savage to get people to click in on his shitty radio show. Oh, what he's complaining about this week? He didn't score five or six, Jordy. Why? What's the what's the issue this week? It's the perception again. It's like constantly yeah. having to dig it with. Like it, in the summer, we were looking at a takeover. We were looking at a new beginning for the football club. You fast forward four or five months, I'm having to put up with this shit from Steve Bruce. I'm having to put up with this shit from the media, who the same media that had an agenda against Newcastle and Saudi Arabia for wanting to buy were, but the the same exactly. media don't have the same agenda when they're buying the Formula One or the same agenda when they're buying totally. the Disney or. Or Facebook or all these global companies, but when Newcastle have a chance at something, uh, the chance where's the moral outrage we dream of it, it's so far away. It's like it's it, when we have a chance of achieving this dream with a new, a new ambitious owner and they want to come in and help the city and help help the football club. We dream of this. We went from that potentially to it all being dragged through court. Yeah. From week to week, Steve was saying, oh, let's hope to finish up with Southampton. Let's hope we can win. Let's hope we can do this against the likes of Morgan and Newport and County. It's yeah. Like, and we're, we're shitting ourselves against the game against Brentford, which is one of the biggest games that we've had in years and years. And just touch on, on those so-called pundits, and we've touched upon before anyway, about how the, the level of punditry's going down and down and down again. But who is the likes of Tim Bloody Sherwood, Robbie Savage? Who who are they to, to cast uh, dispersions and to cast, to cast an eye on anybody from their lofty perch of being unemployed, from their lofty perch of working on radio, from their lofty perch of, of what exactly? You know what I mean? It, it, they have no credentials to be able to talk. They don't watch the football, mate, week in, week out. They don't see the performances. They don't hear the no, shit. No from Ashley, they don't hear the shit from Lee Charnley, they don't hear the shit from Steve Bruce, and like you said we've gone from being potentially the richest club in the world to having to be dragged through courts and stuff like this, meanwhile our club is in a mess, the training facilities, the stadium, the infrastructure um, we're in the middle of a, you know, a, a pandemic and, and we're having to watch 30% possession week in and week out for a club, a, a traditional powerhouse club to have to watch such boring, disgusting. Um, I, I'm, 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 I, yeah, well, I, I, I really hate to use the word football because it, it's not. It's literally park the bus, pray for a free kick in the 90th minute, or a miracle happening like it did against Everton last season and stuff. That's that's what we've been. Re- 
introduced to. And all I want is is a bit of hope, is, is the chance to do something, is the, the chance to see that the football club grow. And that's what every single football fan wants, to see they, their club grow. We haven't had that for 13, 14 years. In fact, we've seen our club reducing size cons consistently. You know, back in the day before Ashley come, we were equivalent of a club, if not a bigger club, than Tottenham Hotspur. Look at them now, look at us. I'm not demanding Champions League. You're not demanding Champions League. We dream of European nights. I love the European nights against the likes of PSV and Benfica that I've been to and stuff. Uh, but I'm, I'm a realist. Most Newcastle fans are a realist. And I know enough about realism yeah. to know that we are better than Steve Bruce and the rest of his Steve Castle coaching team. I want a little bit of competency at our football club. We've got an incompetent managing director, an incompetent owner, an incompetent manager, an incompetent uh, coaching setup. A bit of professionalism and a bit of pride. The same pride that I take in the club, I want the club to take that level of pride yeah. over performances and everything. And I am sick and tired of... Even when Bruce does answer, it's just a shrug of your shoulders and 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 this side of it, and uh, well, it's Southampton and stuff, and it's just like I'm I'm sorry that isn't what I want to hear. Like, can you imagine him as as a general on an army going to war? Oh well, it's the French. Oh well, it's the Germans. Oh well, it's this. What <laughs> are you saying? Mobilize your troops. We're going to war. We're in it to win it. And and honestly, mate, I don't think last night that we went down there with the mentality of we are Newcastle, we are going to try and win this game of football. There's no fans in there, so you can't even say that it's an advantage or a disadvantage home and away. Uh, but we didn't. We went down there and they literally just pulled the shorts down. Uh, they didn't do anything. It, and I tell you what, I wouldn't even wash the kits because none of them has put a shift in. So there should be no need. I haven't got a sweat on. Yeah, Darlow, Darlow, full of mud. Yeah, so, <laughs> I felt sorry for the lad. I felt sorry for that. Uh, what I would have done as manager, if I if I was manager and we'd have put in a, a dog shit performance like that, I'd have gone over to that keeper, put my arm around him, and said sorry, and I've held my hands up and I'd said it in the dressing room. That was my fault. I'm sorry, Carl. I'm sorry about that. What we're we going to do to to rectify it? And it's just like he's saying that he coached them for two days on getting ready for Southampton. Well, it's clear as yeah, day. Not one of those players is listening. Not one is listening to that useless excuse, that oxygen thief. It's no one is listening that, to him at, it, at all. It, it, it's so, either they're not listening, Paul, or there's nothing to listen to. It's just a, a waffle. Or hopefully, yeah. like, we shouldn't be going down to Southampton thinking, oh, we'll be lucky to get a point. I'm not being funny, but we're Scared. on a very similar level to Southampton. And as I say earlier on the podcast, I mean, fair, fairly similar in terms of level of like level of squad it's just the managers that make a difference and, and managers like graham potter earlier on the season and managers like ralph hassan who are the difference over steve bruce because they make him look like he's 20 years out of fashion and let's mm. be honest he is 20 years look at brighton look at brighton I, I love i love chris Hewton. i'd have him back tomorrow at newcastle right i love chris Hewton. i think he's great so. right but the owners and the MD of that club went, the football isn't good enough. Thank you for keeping us up last season, but the football isn't good enough. So we're going to get somebody in to play better football. And guess what? They're actually playing better football, right? And that, and then if you can see better football, you think, well, yeah, I will give him time to turn the results around and stuff because they're playing better football. But at Newcastle, it's just, well, we're, we're happy. 
Are we going to stay up? We're 11th in the table. That's okay. That's okay. That's all that Lee Charney and Mike actually look at. I am looking at it from a passionate perspective. I'm looking at it from an entertainment perspective. And what he is serving up, even, if we're, even when we win, mate, the performances are dog shit. Nobody well, can say the performances are good this season because they're not. Nobody can say last season was good because they are not. And I know Rafa didn't play free-flowing champagne football, but fuck me, we at least looked like we had some sort of plan, some sort of idea. Uh, and and anybody else, you'd have you'd have you'd have walked, you'd have said it's clearly bigger than me. But no, Bruce just turns on the fans and slags the fans off, and it's shit. It is, mate. It is, but. In terms of the Southampton game, it's it's done, it's dusted. I mean, we've got Chelsea after the international break. <laughs> I am dreading that. You look at Chelsea's front line; they'll probably they'll, they'll probably put with the sword. They're probably rubbing their hands at the thought of the amount of shots we've had on goal against, with the amount of le- little possession we've had throughout the season, and all the stats that go against. Where the stats don't lie at the end of the day, Paul. But I want to end the podcast on. Something positive, to be honest, because friend of ours from past, past allegiances and all that, Owen, he dropped us a message last night. He'd been going through a couple of traumatic things um, in his personal life. He he found out one, ah, of, yes. his, one of his relatives had um, had picked up a like a really bad illness. But he's been he got told as of yesterday that he's been given the all clear and he's in the, and he's on the recovery so that that's fantastic news for Owen. It is mate. Um, it, it, it's it's great it, it's it's great to see that he's he's finally on the up because it's been a shit year for all of us. Um, yeah. so it's good to see one of our mates actually you know d- d- um, getting some good news in this year because I know he's he's been through the wars the past um past couple of months where he hasn't been able to do the things that he wanted to do. He's been nailed down with a um full time job and stuff. And yeah, he's he's been. He's not it. had it easy. He's no, not no. had it easy, mate. And, and, and you know, for for a young a young pair of shoulders dealing with the year that he's had on top of everything else, you know, the pandemic and stuff, dealing with what that lad has had to deal with. Um, you know, your, your heart goes out to him. He's had a lot, lot on his place, and we've always been about putting, you know, people first. Yeah, 100%. Uh, you know, and everything. And he's he's a good he's a good mate. He's a good lad. Um. So to get some positive news for him to sort of see out this year is unbelievable. It's fantastic. It is. Keep your channel on, mate. Um, if you're listening, I hope you are. But um, the one last are you bit of, <laughs> the one last bit of news. <laughs> I I want, um, the one last bit of news I want to go for this week, Paul, is um, Steve Rafe shared a talk to a friend initiative for mental health, and I think that's a a brilliant piece of business. I hope the link up with the big game jet be a game changer program as well because that would um help it even more so it's a it's a great initiative and i think if you don't if you're not aware of it and you're listening to us please go on steve rafe's um twitter ah, page and you'll be able to find it and all that um but if you're feeling down and stuff phone a friend and um chat it out hug it out whatever you need it well don't hug it out physically in there uh, in the current <laughs> pandemic not at the moment yeah. not at the moment but, or, or, it's the, the right phone. thing to say mate yeah. Yeah. One hundred percent. Life can get you down, football can get you down, everything can get you down. But if you phone a friend, let it all out. Hopefully. Hopefully listening to us might help that. I don't know if it does. I mean, fantastic, even better. It gives us more purpose to do what we do. 
But um, yeah, if you're feeling down, if you're feeling a bit lonely or whatever, phone a friend and yeah, just hash it out and yeah. whatever it whatever it goes with. But um, we I, we yeah. generally do, we genuinely do care. Um, you know, we are all about. This is why we do. This is why we started Magpie twenty four seven and everything. Um, but um, at the end of the day, we're all about people. We're all about. Um, yeah, look after you know what I mean. Not 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 the, not the the fickle things and things are hard enough at the moment in the world that we live in, without adding uh, extra layers of stuff on. So yeah, reach out whether it's to us, whether it's to you know fantastic stuff like what Steve Rafe's doing. Uh, we are passionate about putting you know people first, um, yeah, seeing beyond all the you know. You know, stupid, pathetic things which don't actually matter in the big, you know, in the big schemes of everything, you know. Um, so, yeah, anything at all. If you are struggling, there are things that you can do. There are avenues out there. It's it's times are tough, but bad times don't last. So, yeah, reach yeah. out, say something, whether it's to us or anybody else or any other organisation. Uh, that, that that's out there. That uh, yeah, we need to look after one another and and stop it with the the nastiness and stop it with the lines of division uh, and things that separate us. Because I mean, certainly everybody listening to this will probably be a Newcastle supporter. We all come under the same umbrella, um, and at tough times, yeah, we need to look bad. out for one another. It's bang on, mate. I mean, I knew it was going to be a negative podcast today with with Bruce and all the stuff that's going on it, from a football perspective. It's been fairly shit from that perspective, but. I want to end on the positive of if you do feel bad, if you do feel yeah. down, to reach out, to end on a positive message, basically. I'll put links to Steve Rafe's um, initiative and that in the description, as well as the Be A Game Changer and that, if you want to check them out. But um, I, unless you want to add anything on today on yesterday's performance, mate, I'll, I'll, I'll wrap it up there. Like, No, the only, the only thing is, obviously, I think everybody as well, um, if we had to get anything out of this next match coming up, we need Callum Wilson to be firing fit and hopefully Ryan Fraser too. So he's off for his uh, scan. Hopefully Steve Bruce is off for a brain scan at the same time and he discovers a little bit of common sense at the same time. But let's hope and pray that uh, the damage done to Wilson last night, because he did hobble off, uh, the damage isn't too bad because the alternative, we all know what the alternative is. I know Dwight Gale's fighting back, which is a bit of good news. Uh, from a squad perspective, he's close by. But yeah, uh, we'll obviously bring it to you on the page, but let's have everything crossed that Callum Wilson is going to be A-OK ready for a very, very difficult game next up at St. James's Park against uh, Chelsea. Wish we could be there. Brings back memories. Does that game of uh, of last uh, season and, and craziness. I was going to say another word to describe it there, but I think it's a bit uh, bit tacky. So we'll just say yeah. <laughs> craziness rather than the other stuff. And, uh, yeah, I'd love another repeat performance. Yeah, 100%, mate. And I think that's the perfect way to end um, on the on, on this week. Obviously, with Paul moving house and stuff in, in my uni, we're, we're, we're doing a weekly thing after the games, and that's pretty much it at the minute. But while looking, as soon as Paul sorted and as soon as less uni work for me, we'll be able to crack out more than one or two podcasts, more than one podcast per week. But thanks for sticking yeah. with me. Thanks for supporting one of the other platforms as well. Just hit 1500 on Twitter. 
Um, well, we did, and then we didn't because someone unfollowed. We. <laughs> but, yeah, we've hit it twice today, so uh, thanks very much, everyone. Uh, Facebook's doing brilliant as well. Instagram's starting to pick up a little bit more, so the support on all platforms much appreciated. But as, yeah, as we we said before, support the mental health initiatives from the likes of Steve Wraith and uh, be a game changer as well from the NUFC Foundation. But um, yeah, we'll we'll leave, love yous and leave yous and uh, catch yous on the next one, everybody. And uh, yeah, see yous all later. Keep it tuned.